0: The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500.
1: This is the place to talk about everything related to the home, buying or selling real estate, financing and improvements that can help increase your home's value. This is Minnesota Home Talk on Score North. Here's your host, Jason Walgrave.
0: Jason Walgrave? Yeah, you know, actually, when we did that... New intro. I don't think we did one for you, and I feel bad about it, but we do have a third person in studio today
2: that's not Jason Walgrave because he's off in New Orleans, right? We have a, a, a better representative of Jason Walgrave Real Estate Group than Jason Walgrave himself today is who we got in the studio with us. That's almost certainly true. Right? Yeah. So welcome to the show, everybody. Minnesota Home Talk. We're here every Saturday, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., live on air answering your questions about real estate mortgage and credit repair i'm your host mike overson with Illuminate home loans in studio with us uh this morning is jessica hanoios she is with the Walgrave real estate group um first time on the air first time so welcome thanks for getting up early joining <laughs> yes. us this morning
3: thank you for having me i'm excited but very nervous yeah
2: so. Yeah, you'll do great. And also, of course, in studio with us is uh, the most interesting producer in the world and our insurance monarch, Mr. Evan Little with Paragon Group of Companies. Is that what you guys say? Yeah, I'm still not. Or just Paragon.
0: Paragon Insurance is fun, too. Um, I'm still not entirely sold on the monarch of insurance. No. I mean, like, I appreciate it because, um, you know, the monarch butterfly is pretty cool. And monarchs as in kings are they're all right, I guess.
2: But Well I had to go- had to Google like synonyms for what did we what did we Google last time? I had to Google synonyms for something and monarch or came king? up. Probably <laughs> king or master. Master or like uh yeah, something like that. And monarch yeah. came up. So you want something different, is what you're saying. Next week I gotta come with something better.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm not entirely sold on it. I think I think we got something better in the tank. Okay.
3: Next time I'll bring it thesaurus and we can figure this out. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You know, and I also have another special guest with me this morning. I have my son, Tyson. He's with us. He's five years old. He's probably, we'll see if we can get him on the air with us here to enlighten us about some real estate mortgage news. He's too busy on his iPad right now, though. Yeah, he's kind of lurking off to the side. Yep. <laughs> uh, phone lines are open. Uh, call us with any questions this morning. Uh, anything dealing with mortgages, real estate, credit repair, insurance, Any of those questions are welcome this morning, and we'll answer those live on air here. We're going to give away a $50 uh, Amazon gift card to the best question of the morning. So you can text in your question. That gets you in the running for the gift card. You can call in with your question. That gets you in the running for the gift card. And our call-in number is 651-647-2910. Again, 651-647-2910. And we also have a text line. So our text line is 763-443-5664. Again, 763-443-5664. Going to be talking a lot today. We've got some hot listings that we're going to be going through. We're going to be talking about um, do I buy now or do I buy next year. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the stuff we've been hearing and, and some of the reports and what we're predicting, what's going to happen over the next 12 months, to help you make a decision do i buy now or do i sign another 12 month lease and buy next year at this time uh and then we'll also probably play a little Stump the insurance guy
0: oh is that what we're doing today? i think we do oh, that like it's that. always
2: fun to watch evan sweat a little bit so well, i
0: sweat a lot Well, yeah. you do <laughs> i'm a pretty big boy so
2: you know you,
3: but it's you, cold, you, cold you, in here you don't got to sweat it's cold right now. in
0: here but yeah you know I like it doesn't s- take much that's like all to, i'm saying
2: i like to see you sweat from from like nerves from thinking from yeah not, well, not the, from. the
0: bylaws of the association are off. Uh, <laughs> uh.
2: And just start fumbling over words and stuff. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun for me, Evan. Um, all right. Phone lines are open 651 647 2910. Text line 763 443 5664. Let's get into some hot listings here. You want to bust out the hot listings? Let's do it. All them. right. So the first hot listing here, I'm going to talk about a listing that Fong Kao on the Minnesota Real Estate team has. He has a house that was just listed this week. It's a single-family home. It's a two-story, five-bedroom, three-bath, two-car garage home in Minneapolis here. The address is 5909 Portland Avenue in Minneapolis. Again, it's a five-bedroom, three-bath, two-car garage. we got 3,325 finished square feet. And this one is listed at 549. It looks like he has an open house today on Saturday uh, from 1 to 3. And he's got an open house tomorrow, uh, which is Sunday, April 24th, from 1 to 3 as well. That address again, 5909 Portland Avenue in Minneapolis. And that one is listed at 549.
3: Sounds like a good listing.
2: Yeah. There's going to be a lot of activity on that one. Especially with the weather being warmer and stuff. There's going to be a Uh. lot of people out.
3: Yeah, oh, a little yeah, that's rain gonna isn't going to scare us. That's <laughs> going to be
2: a banger of an yeah, open house for sure. Absolutely. Uh, going to Burnsville, we got a listing here at 15705 Chalet Court. This one is listed by Josh McGibbon uh, on the Walgrave Real Estate Group and Minnesota Real Estate Team. Uh, this one is a five-bedroom, three-bath, uh, three-car garage. Yep. This one has 2,508 finished square feet. Uh, built in 1992, it's on a 0.32 acre lot. Um, it's a good looking house, very good looking house here. Looks this, like a
0: three level split, redone kitchen. Yeah, beautiful mm-hmm. hardwood
2: floors. Yep, yeah. really good, really good um, front elevation there. Brand new garage doors. It looks like on there. Really nice looking house. This one is listed at 475, and again, that address is 15705 Chalet Court in Burnsville, Minnesota
0: great yard on that property too
2: that too yeah uh going to over to uh st paul this one is a condo 26 10th street west number 2008 in st paul this one is a two-bedroom a one-bath condo 1080 finished square feet built in 1980 um this one is in a high-rise type of condo there um really cool views from this one uh, of st paul um it's in the gallery tower there on 10th Street. Uh, looks like he got views of um, the cathedral there in St. Paul as well. Yeah. Uh, so this one again is at 26 10th Street West, number 2008 in St. Paul, Minnesota. And this one's listed at 175.
0: If you work in downtown St. Paul, this might be the place for you.
2: Yeah. That's a great location there. Mm-hmm. That's
3: a good price.
2: Yeah. What a high rise? Right. High rise condo in St. Paul there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, going over back over to Minneapolis We're at 4809 Columbus Avenue In Minneapolis uh, This one is a two bedroom One bath house 995 finished square feet Listed at 320 a Cute little home Again it, it, some updates to it Some good curb appeal um, And it's got a really nice inside Really nice finished floors inside um, r- Newer kitchen Newer appliances Newer flooring Uh, All that fun stuff there. So this is a good-looking listing here, too. Again, it's at 4809 Columbus Avenue in Minneapolis. And this one is listed at 320,000.
0: This is that classic South Minneapolis starter home-style place. Yep. Got old, old old-world woodwork inside and a lot of updates. Looks real good.
2: Yeah. Uh, Got an opportunity uh, to... um Got an opportunity up in Mille Lacs. To become I mean, a
0: doctor. Wait, no, a,
2: that's not quite right. Not quite.
3: Well, it's not the same thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, this one, so Docks Harbor up on Mille Lacs, the North Shore of Mille Lacs is for sale. Um, so this is a resort here. It's at 39629 State Highway 18 in Aiken, Minnesota. Uh, cool, Very cool opportunity. So this is a, about a four-acre property here. Uh, it's got... Um, how many how many bo- it's got like 18 boat slips? 18 boat slips, 32 Two. RV
0: uh hookups. It's got four outbuildings. Four outbuildings, out some other stuff and then it has room for another I think they they say room for expansion for like 20 more boat slips, but
2: yeah. And it's got a built-in like harbor there um mm-hmm. so that you can drive your boats into there, dock it up, you can get out of the wind and get out of the rough waters there if it's a little windy up there in Mille Lacs. You can dock in the harbor at docks harbor. Harbor. Um, That's how it works. <laughs> How it works <laughs> so it's a cool opportunity the pictures online are great um, it's a really nice property here um, so if you've ever wanted to own a resort where you have um camping and fishing in the summertime and you have ice fishing in the wintertime, um, this is the place for you here so Docks Harbor up on the shore Mille Lacs. again it's three nine six two nine state highway 18 up in Aiken Minnesota and this one is listed at 2.5 million I'm sort of surprised you haven't bought that one Mike you know because what? you love ice fishing so much, it th- that would be that would definitely be something I would do. That's like the retirement gig. That's the that's the when I can retire and I, I need something to do to mm-hmm. fill my time. Right. That's what I would do for sure. I'd definitely run a run a resort like that. Yeah. Uh, going to Edina, so we got a really nice condo in Edina. This is at the Galleria here. It's thirty two oh nine Galleria, number eight oh seven in Edina. Um, this is a one bedroom, two bath condo, eight hundred sixty five square feet, just done up to the nines. Um the amenities that come with this condo uh are great uh, an amazing it's got a what indoor pool it's got a indoor gym it's got I th- I think they even have butler service there if i remember correctly <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's um, a
2: very it's a very very nice building It is yes. and if you look at the photos of this one uh i mean the kitchen is amazing i mean everything is just like i said it's done up to the nines on this one so it's a very good looking condo yeah. um the views are great uh you're up on what the 8th floor so you got views of downtown Minneapolis and everything around um literally in all directions you can see for a long ways so this is at 3209 Galleria number 807 in Edina uh and that one is listed at 650,000 uh there's some lots for sale down in Savage um so in the Twin Ponds development they got a few lots left there um lots are around 0. 0.64 acres um listed about 110,000 So there's a corner lot and then a couple additional lots there. There is a cul-de-sac lot available down there. So if you're interested in picking up a lot or building down there in Savage, um, there are some lots available in that Twin Ponds development. Uh, This particular one here is at 14649 Sumter Avenue South in Savage, and that one is listed at 110,000. Going to to Savage here, uh, staying in Savage, we got a To Be Built by Pebble Creek. Custom Homes. This one is on Sumter Avenue South in Savage. This is a four-bedroom, three-bath, 2,400-square-foot house. Um, probably my favorite model uh, that Pebble Creek builds. Um, it's it's amazing. You look at the pictures online, and you'll see exactly why I say that. Um, again, this is uh, at 146 uh, XX Sumter Avenue South in Savage, Minnesota, and that one is at 995 Got a commercial opportunity up in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, This is at uh, 327 West 1st Street in Duluth, Minnesota. This is a commercial building uh, built in 1904.32 acres. A little over 30,000 square feet. Yeah, that's a big building. That's a cool building up in Duluth, right on 1st Street there. So it's right in the middle, right in the heart of Duluth. Um, Great commercial opportunity for office space, retail space, uh, you name it. You can do a lot of things with this building. Currently listed at 1.75 million. And again, that address is three two seven West First Street in Duluth, Minnesota. All right, we have a um, we have a, a big acreage lot here. We got a big plot of land down uh, in Dundas, Minnesota. So this is off of thirty the thirty five uh, Interstate thirty five and Dundas exit. It's one seven three six Millersburg Boulevard West in Dundas listed at $5.2 This is 130.6 acres, um, right off 35W. It's a cool piece of land there. I think there's a lot of opportunity uh, as far as um, commercial goes, and it's right along 35. So you have a great location where you're obviously going to have a lot of traffic going by there. So again, 130 acres right off of 35 in the Dundas exit, um, just south of the Twin Cities here, and that address is 1736 Millersburg Boulevard West in Dundas, Minnesota. Uh, Staying in Prior Lake, Pebble Creek has a to be built uh, over in Prior Lake. This is 16080 Sims Court Southeast. In Prior Lake, five-bedroom, five-bath, two-story house, 2,941 finished square feet. Um, again, it's another amazing home. Uh, it's on a .64-acre lot, so it's a nice big lot there, too, in Savage. Um, and Pebble Creek, uh, you can't go wrong with uh, the homes they build. They're amazing. Uh, this one is this one is listed at uh, nine hundred fifty thousand here, and again, it's one six zero eight zero Sims Court Southeast in Prior Lake.
0: Yeah, all right, and uh, I think we got one left here, uh, which is my favorite property that we've been working on for a while, and that is the property down in Red Wing two seven eight five eight Greenpoint Road. It is a padoga style house. Uh, you can see it up on the screen right. behind you. This this has been listing on our on our block for a while, but it is like maybe the most unique listing that we've the, dealt with.
3: It's beautiful. It's but it's so different. Too, it's definitely so.
0: it's definitely out there, but it's a very desire desirable property. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think it's 480 feet of shoreline. Yes, that is yours, and you basically have this whole point here. If you're watching the stream at uh, our Minnesota Home Talk Facebook page or on the YouTube page you can see these pictures right now and it's just kind of you sit on your own little wing of Lake Pepin here. It's awesome. And yeah, if the house is your style, great, you can renovate it. If not, by all means, you can do something else with the property. That's uh, true. <laughs> uh it's on the market right now for 2 million dollars down there in Lake Pepin, but yeah, it's uh it's quite something. And you can check out all these listings and the fine partners of the show. At MinnesotahomeTalk.com. At MinnesotahomeTalk.com, you can uh, connect with Jason Walgrave or any of the other people on Jason's team, such or as me, yeah.
3: Jessica.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, you can get in touch with me or Mike or any of the other uh, partners. Uh, give me one second here. The website isn't. Mm, 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 mm. I used to have it bookmarked, but they changed all my computer stuff a week ago. There we go. Uh, If you go to minnesotahometalk.com, you can go and see our past shows, upcoming events. You can do a property search, or you can find out what your home is worth, which, of course, is a real important question right now. Yes. And it can be really hard to figure that out on your own right now.
3: It's hard because if you don't understand how to kind of um, gauge the houses around you, the community you're part of, um, you know, just because you put in a lot of updates won't necessarily mean that your house is selling for what you assume it is selling for. So it's definitely better to get a professional opinion.
0: Exactly. First. And, and going to something like, um, you know, Zillow's estimate or any of those other things is going to spit out a number, but is that number accurate? Mm.
3: More likely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know how to say that nicer.
1: Oh Well,
0: you know, that's just it. Is you, know? you can you can trust a random website, or you can call a local professional. And, you know, our suggestion is obviously go to minnesotahometalk.com, click on that What's Your Home Worth button, and get in touch with the team. Um, and if you've got any questions that are adjacent to real estate, there's a whole list of partners here, and they're all companies that we recommend. Uh, we've worked with them uh, for, many, in many cases, many years and lots and lots of positive experiences. That's
2: exactly why they're the preferred partners on the show here. Jason and I literally have met in person with all those people, and most of them we've used them for our own personal stuff, right? Right. And so um, the uh, CPAs, the insurance agent, obviously with Evan, um, landscapers, I mean, you name it, all those people are personally vetted by Jason and myself, and we had great experiences with them, and that's why we wanted to bring them on as partners to the show so other people could have... The type of experience uh, that we had with them. So feel free to connect with us anytime during the week, minnesotahometalk.com. It's the best way to get a hold of us uh, 24-7 where we can help you out with any of your real estate needs. Uh, Phone lines are open, 651-647-2910. That's the call-in number. Um, We're giving away a $50 Amazon gift card to the best caller. No, Jessica, you can't sneak out and call in. To win uh, that gift card. It. I about it. Well, I was going
3: to send a text. <laughs> oh, yeah. you Because know, then you oh, can't yeah. hear my voice. It's not necessarily me. <laughs> uh, very,
2: very true there. Uh, so you can call in or you can text in with your question, and we'll answer it live on air, and we'll get you in the running for that $50 gift card. Again, that call-in number, 651-647-2910. Uh, the text line is 763-443-5664. And we do have a text question from... Uh
0: uh, frequent text question asker Andy asks, Mike, what is the best way to fund a down payment on an additional rental property?
2: Fund a down payment on an additional rental property. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. So, when it comes to rental properties, most of the options for down payment are open, right? Obviously, checking, savings. You can use retirement accounts if you right. want to liquidate retirement accounts or do a loan against a 401k. Um, All those are fine. One option that goes away when it comes to investment properties is gift funds. You can't use gift funds from family to buy an investment property. Um, So I've run into that a couple times along the way where there's a family member that wants to help another family member buy an investment property where basically one person is going to take the loan out. The other person is going to be there for the down payment, but this other person isn't going to go on the loan with them can't do that, right? So if if one person's gonna go on the loan and another family member is just gonna supply the down payment to buy the investment property, that's not allowed when it comes to Mm -hmm. investment property financing. So the person with the down payment would physically have to be on the loan because then the down payment funds are coming from someone who is on the loan, and now now you're good to go. So, um, but I would say best way, I mean, a bunch of different ways to skin the cat. I'm just going to go off the list here. So you have check-in savings. You have retirement accounts. You can liquidate. You can do a 401k loan. Um, you can take uh, do a cash-out um, loan on your current house now. Use those funds to buy an investment property. You can add a home equity line of credit to your current house you own now. Use that for down payment funds on an investment property. So there's a bunch of opportunities out there, a bunch of ways to do it. Um, just a matter of, guess, what you have access to. And that's right. one of the things we can talk about to see which is the best way to go.
3: That's a really good question, actually. It
2: is a good question.
0: I mean, Andy I... asks a lot of good questions. I'm going to be real. Yeah. Andy, Andy, Andy's, mm, I want to say out of the last like six shows, he's texted in like five or six times, and he's always texting in some pretty good stuff. And if you've got a text question for us, 763-443-5664, that's 763-443-5664 is the number to text your questions to. Or you can call 651-647-2910. <laughs>
2: you got to look just like me. Yeah, sometimes I do still have to look. So we had the same. So when Jason and I started this radio show on the station, which was back in 20... 80 years. 85 80, years. 85 years ago when we started this radio show.
3: <laughs> you guys we, age well. We had, right? What do you eat? 50,000
2: shows. <laughs> or we're up to 5 million shows. Is that what? I I think it's I've 5 million. I've lost count. Yeah. It's way way too high of a number. Five million shows. Yeah, yeah. Five five million sounds like a good round number. So we had the same phone number forever, right? And it was just me and Jason could just rattle it off, rattle it off. So when we came to the new studio here, um, we got a new phone number. And And that phone number
0: is 651-647-2910.
2: It's just, you know, change for old people's hard like us. (laughs) And that phone number changed and we botched it like the first probably couple months in here, like every single time it was just a nightmare. It's like what's that number again? And we just yeah, it was You guys it was just bad. need
3: to have it pasted. You know, just we were thinking about right here tattooing
2: it. So then when I'm looking at Jason, he can read it you here know the and number? then yep. <clears throat> So phone lines are open and the text line is open here. We're giving away that fifty dollar Amazon gift card to the best question of the morning. All right, Jessica. Gotta get your thoughts here. So <clears throat> a lot of talks. Now, or a lot of questions I get now is, you know, is now a good time to buy a house? You know what I mean?
3: I get that a lot.
2: You get that a lot because home prices have obviously gone up here. Um, Interest rates have crept up. And so there's a lot of talks of, well, now it's a bad time to buy a house. What's your response to that?
3: My response is, you know, the bad time to buy a house is when you can't afford it. That's probably the only time it's the bad time to buy for whoever it is. But, I mean, interest rates are never going to be controlled. They're never going to be perfect for anybody. So they're always going to go up. Um, And what if the houses keep going up next year or the year after or the year after that? Uh, Because none of us can control that, right? It would be really cool if I could. Um, But, you know, I think the longer you wait, the more money you would spend and you know and then apart from renting which is already money you're spending there right. um so i don't think it's best to wait obviously everyone's situation is different so that's um what you know should be considered the most but waiting is just going to probably be more money later down the line unless you know you win the lotto that's pretty cool good right. for you yeah, <laughs> yeah right yeah and we've, I we've agree. done
0: calculations on that historically speaking that's true I think that my response to that question is like, you know, is now the right time to buy? It's is later a better time to buy? And
3: when you've spent more money on rent? Right,
0: exactly. The the answer to that question's gotta be almost always no. If you can afford to buy now, generally speaking,
2: it's the best move. Yep. yep yeah, generally speaking, there are exceptions for sure, but when I when I hear that question, <clears throat> what goes in my head is you're comparing today's market with like the last 2 years, right? Mm-hmm. You got to remember the last 2 years went with interest rates that started with a 2 for a 30-year fix. That's not normal, right? That's never happened in history before. There's there's one reason why it happened, and that's because COVID happened, and that's something that really has never happened in history before. So right. what are the chances of that that happening again? Probably pretty slim. So you can't compare Buying a house today to the last two years because if you're always going to go back to well the best time to buy a house was back when interest rates are two point eight seven five you'll never buy a house again then because I mean, it's probably never going to happen.
0: Pandemics do happen on a on a fairly regular interval. All you have to do if you want to time the market here's my pro tip: you just wait for the next pandemic, which it's about a uh, hundred
3: years. Yeah, history
0: history tells us <laughs> that it'll be between fifty and a hundred twenty years. Okay, uh, and then the the dip from the whatever type of disease may be a great time to buy so yeah save up and um <laughs> right
3: hey you got time <laughs> to save up that's right right
0: <laughs> uh you know and and nothing's guaranteed the the interval on this those are just averages you could theoretically have two right back to back you're right you could just bank on another pandemic, right? Um, oh gosh, please I, don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be real. I think that you're playing the long odds on that one. Yes. Um, like yes. real real long, long odds. odds.
2: So. so 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 when I hear that question, I think people are comparing it to right 2 years ago. Just the problem is instant. we all don't have a hot tub time machine where we can go back in time and buy a house 2 years ago, right? Yeah. So so the question really what they're asking uh, would be do I buy now? Or do I sign another 12 month lease and buy next year? Right. right? Those are the two plays you have to choose from now because you can't go back. Right. And so I truly believe that home prices will continue to go up. Are they going to be going up at the clip that they have been for the last three years? I hope not. Who knows? knows. Probably not. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've literally seen uh, in the last two years, probably what, 20 to 25% appreciation combined over the last two years? But,
3: and that's. Yeah. You know, typically, just due to um you know the amount of homes out there, if there was a whole bunch of houses for sale, you know that wouldn't be the case, right, yeah, so we just have to wait for more inventory and prices will hopefully right calm down a bit but
2: but i think i s I think even in the type of market we're at, all the appreciation we've seen in the last couple of years, I still think that homes will go up probably another five to seven percent from today versus 12 months down the road from today. And the so, historical average in our market is like a little over
0: 4%, right? 4.2. It's like, yeah. Yep. So,
3: okay.
0: So, you know, regardless of how you look at the situation, the idea that like, oh, well, there's, you know, it's like there may be a bubble somewhere. It's not in the loan housing loan market right now. We do know that. Uh, but even if that changes, you know, it's like we're we're kind of right in line with where we should be based off of like if you if you draw that line backwards in a really stable way, right. we caught up with where we were supposed supposed, supposed to, to be, be. right? Um, and so it's yeah uh, may, maybe housing price increases slow down, but also
2: maybe uh, next year we're looking at six and a half percent interest rates. Yeah, right. That's the other factor too is what what does happen with interest rates. So if you if you're waiting to buy a house, if you look at strictly just the cost of the house itself. I truly believe that cost a year from today is going to be somewhere between five and seven percent higher than what you're seeing today. Right um, now, interest rates—that's the wild card, right? Yeah. Do we have another pandemic? Do they go down? Do they go up? I mean, I think they're sitting at about five and a quarter, five three seven five mm-hmm. now for a conventional thirty-year fixed. Obviously, dependent upon credit and other factors. Um, and I... that's that's where they were in like 2019. We're like back to pre-pandemic levels, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yep. So November, November of 2018 was the last time we hit rates where they're at now. November of 2018, we hit like five and an eighth, five and a quarter on a 30 year fixed.
3: So not too long. ago. Not too
2: long ago. Um, You know, but you know, the rates, you can't control them. That's one of those things too. And, and you got to remember rates are cyclical. Every 10 years we get into like a little refi boom, right? So when you buy a house at a particular rate today, history is going to tell you you're not quote unquote stuck with that rate. And when I say stuck with that rate, everyone's like, oh, we're at five and an eighth or five and a quarter. You got to remember, like, back in the mid-2000s, they were six to six and a half was the normal. Mm -hmm. Back in early 2000s, so in 2000, 2001, they were at eight. Right? And so... that
0: was why people didn't have the 30-year fixed mortgages. I mean, like, that variable rate loans were the way to go Mm -hmm. uh, because, well, there were a lot of reasons for it, but ultimately speaking... The the 30-year fixed has only been the, like, main product
2: since the collapse of the market in 2008. Right, because ARMS got the, everyone's, not everyone, but a lot of people were saying, well, it was the adjustable rate mortgages that got everyone into trouble. To be honest with you, I don't think it was adjustable rate mortgages. I think it was shady loan officers. It
0: was mm-hmm. it was the other aspects of the lending practices. It had nothing to do it with do- the actual interest rate. It had everything to do with the fact that you couldn't afford to pay a loan even for a fixed interest rate. And the people were lying right. about your
2: income um, and all that stuff. Right. So, and people weren't explaining how adjustable rate mortgages works correctly. Oh, so, I was, well, you told me it was this, and now it's this, yeah. you know, and obviously right. that is tough to plan for when you're getting misinformation and stuff. So, and there are still adjustable rate products out there, and
0: they're actually pretty good. They're good. Uh, they're, they oftentimes, like if you look at a seven year period, I was reading about this the other day, they almost always beat the
2: fixed interest rate. They're almost always lower, even yeah. during the adjustment period.
0: Yeah, exactly. So so it's it's often the better savvy financial move, but it requires being kind of on top of it because your payment can change then right. as opposed to a fixed rate. I, I always tout the benefit of the fixed rate because I'm looking at it from the perspective of you're buying the house, you've got a kid that you want to you want to be in one place, they go to school all the way through, you know, all the way through high school. You're gonna be there for fifteen years. That's your plan. Well, your payment's going to be the same the whole time, other than insurance and taxes, if you're on a fixed rate. Yep. That's not necessarily true on a variable rate. But that's okay. The variable rate loan might end up being
2: cheaper, as long as you're willing to manage it. Right. So. Exactly. So we have that piece of it. Um, yeah, and you know, and, and I'm almost convinced, too, and, and, and Todd Rooker is here, he can probably step in here and chime in if he Todd's wants to. Lurking. Um lurking. You know, a recession's probably imminent. I would imagine. A recession's always imminent. Right? Recession's <laughs> always only 10 years away. It's always looming in the clouds there. It's always hovering over us, ready to strike. When that happens, history's going to tell us that interest rates typically go down in a recession. So um, that's what I was saying. You know, you're know, you not necessarily stuck with an interest rate. Because like I was saying, pretty much every 10 years we hit like a little refi boom where rates dip, right? And you have the opportunity then to refinance to, to a fine. lower rate, put yourself in a little bit better position on the financing end of things. So, so and, Andy has a follow-up question. He kind of started us on this whole spiral,
0: it seems like, but he had a follow-up. <laughs> Why is there such a lack of homes on the market? Why wouldn't sellers be begging to sell in this market? I think I have the answer because you have to buy something
2: after you sell. Mm-hmm. And that's if you're happy it. where you're at, you don't need to sell, right? Well, so, yeah. I mean, it, Jessica, what, what are your thoughts on that? I got a bunch of thoughts, too, but I'm curious to see what your thoughts are.
3: Well, that's what I've kind of ran across with my sellers is that you know yeah it's a seller's market so of course i want to sell and i want to you know get the most money for my house but then where will i live afterwards yeah uh so luckily you know us on on the Walgrave team we have a program that you know you can stay in your home for up to 12 months so you can sell it you can get your money out of it and actually have 12 whole months if you want you don't got to last the whole months the whole 12 months right but to so you're not pressured, so you're not worried, so you're not making uh, you know, a really quick uh, choice on a home that you don't maybe even want or like, just, just right. to have somewhere to live or you know, having to shack up with your parents again or something, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm certain that's probably the last of the list is uh, you know, it's like we sell our house, what are our options? We gotta find a new house, but if that takes a little longer, you know, of interim housing, you can do a rental, move back in with the parents. Right. It's gotta be at the last of the right at the bottom of the list there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um
2: yeah, so um as far as selling goes, here's here's my theory as to why we have a, a limited inventory, right? Obviously just came out of a big refi boom. So a lot of people refinance down into a two seven five, a two eight seven five, a three percent, whatever, right? A high twos, high twos, low three interest rate. So what would it take for those people to give that up on that house and go buy a new house where rates are now at five and a quarter? To and to be
0: clear, there's there's a second piece to this. People at the same rate as before, roughly, are going to want to be able to relocate. But the question is is the cost of selling more worthwhile than renting that place out? That they've got the... They've refied, and now a year and a half later they go, oh, you know what? We should be moving to this other area because I, I just got a job in Texas or whatever. Do we sell the house, or do we keep it and use it as an investment property? Right. I see a lot more people making that decision because the interest rate is so low on the loan.
2: And they can cash flow on the rental side We can cash
0: flow on the rental side real easy. I mean, I've worked with... I don't know a couple dozen clients that are in this position mm-hmm. that it's just kind of like, yep, we're moving to California. Uh, we thought we were going to stay, but um, you know, she got a job at, at you know some tech startup, and we're just going to go out there and see how things go. And we're going to rent out there. We're not even buying because it's California and stuff. But <laughs> yeah. we'll just you know we're going to rent out the place here while we're gone, and maybe we'll come back to it. Maybe we won't. Yeah. As opposed to putting it on the market, and yeah, they would get they would they would be able to reap profit now. But they would lose out on the investment opportunity, and right. I think
2: there's a lot of that going on too. Yep. So the other the other thing, the the moving part is that's in my other part. So the pandemic did two things, right? It a gave us an interest rate environment that we've never seen before, super yep. low rates. I mean, literally flooded the mortgage industry, shut the industry down for about a week there because it just couldn't handle the volume of wow. refis and locks coming in. It was crazy, right? The other thing it did is that it um, it basically forced employers to figure out how they can have their employees work from home. Yep. Right? So now we're after the pandemic. People have refinanced at a super low rate, and now if they want to get another job in another state, a lot of times they don't even have to move and physically be there because that employer says, well, you can just do the work from home. Mm-hmm. That's true, too. Right? And
0: a lot of people are, are, yeah, are using true. that as an opportunity to move back home, too, where they go, oh, I don't have to live in this area anymore, so I'm just going to you know, go back to... Oh, I'm originally from Minnesota. I don't have to live in California anymore. I'm gonna go back there. Yeah. Oh, there's no houses available. Well, now I'm gonna bid up the market because I I sold my place in California that sold for eight hundred thousand.
2: Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can pay
0: a cash for this three hundred fifty thousand dollar house that's bigger than my one that I had in California. California right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the market. And if you have questions about it, you can text us at seven six three-four four three Five six six four. That's 763-443-5664 for your text questions to get a chance to win the $50 Amazon gift card that we're giving the best question of the morning. Or you can call us 651-647-2910. That's
2: 651-647-2910. And we're giving away what? A $50 Amazon gift card? $50 Amazon gift $50 card. $50 Amazon gift card to the best question this morning. Calling in or texting in your question uh, gets you in the running for theirs. You can also submit a question on Facebook if you want to, so we're live on Facebook. Um, submitting a question through Facebook does not get you in the running for the Amazon gift card, but nonetheless, we will still answer your, any questions that come through our Facebook Live feed this morning as well. Okay, so talking about you know the lack of inventory, right? reasons why people might not be selling right now, um, that is the reason, too, why I think home prices are continuing to go up because I think... Prices of homes is highly dependent upon supply and demand. Right. Right. There's a lot of demand out there. Um, we have, and just in illuminate home loans, we have 30% more pre approved buyers this spring at this time than last spring at this time. Wow. So 30% more pre approved buyers, but our inventory is less. Ugh. Right. And so, um, so that's why I think home prices are going to continue to go up because. The demand that's out there compared to the inventory.
3: Yeah, that's the buyers are losing it, <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: For lack of a better term, right. that's exactly what's happening out there. I agree.
3: We're looking at homes, and two seconds later, it's off the market, and oh man. <laughs> yeah. So well, and it, all
0: the off market stuff too. More off market deals nice. and actions
2: in the, in this market than than ever, right? Yeah, I would say, and I would say if you're probably getting it off market. um, you you pretty much got to give the sellers what they would probably get on the open market to get them to say, okay, I'll sell to you because we're basically getting what we want or what we think we're going to get in the open market, but now I don't have to um, open my house up for a weekend of showings. Or more. You know, or more. Right. Right. Um, you know, it's one offer to look at. And if it's just clean and easy and it's it's no contingencies and all that. If it's what you want and it makes you happy and you don't have to go through all the process, it sounds good. Yeah. You know, and that's how an off market deal gets done. And so, you know, I don't know if there's a quote unquote deal that you can get off market, but I know that getting an off market house, getting it under contract is a lot less stressful for both buyer and seller if you right. can yeah. come to an agreement and make it happen.
3: And agents,
2: you know, <laughs> right.
3: it's nice when you don't have to, you know, beat out 20 other offers or, you know, try to be there at 8 a.m. or whatever it is yeah. to to get your client in just so they don't miss this one house opportunity because yeah. who knows when the next one will come on. So,
2: right. So, so what are you seeing? So if you had a Jessica with your buyers that you're taking out now, if you had to take a guess, okay, what's an what? How many how many homes are you guys looking at before they're getting an offer accepted? Or how many homes, maybe how many homes are they writing on? Like if you had to take a guess, it's like average of my buyers, like we're making six offers before we get one accepted. We're making 10. What would Probably
3: you say? Probably five to 10, okay. depending on the location, right? Okay. The location, you know, if you're looking at somewhere um, that's really popular, like St. Louis Park or something like that. Um then it's a little harder, but if you're kind of more on the outskirts of the cities, it's it's a little bit easier. So it's not taking us ten offers to to get one, uh, but we're still looking at a lot of homes yeah. <laughs> and uh, trying to get in there. And you know, we're we're trying to you know, do, do you want? Do you want an extra child? What what can we give you to get this deal? Right, what, yeah. what is it that we can do here? Uh, you well, know, we'll I'll, for, I'll bring like, you donuts every day for a year. What what do you need? Uh, you know, trying to be creative at this point. Just yeah, to I'll,
0: try I'll to give get you my in. oldest
2: son. He's even the good son. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll watch your ki- we'll watch your kids so you can have date night. Yeah. Maybe throw that in the offer. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yep. yeah. We'll be your best friend. That's like the middle school we'll be your, <laughs> I'll be your best friend if
0: you give me that Coke. Right. Uh, yeah. It's uh I'll be your best friend if you sell me your house. Done. Yeah. That's Good. what, that's what <laughs> I wanted to see on the offer. Um I, I will say so I you know, I work with clients from various teams and so on and, and I'm always curious. I'm asking, you know, how many offers did you have to put in? Highest number I've heard. And it, do you want to? Do you guys want to guess what the highest number I've heard from someone that I'm working with? Offers made before they got one accepted. Offers made before they got the got the house of the rhyme.
2: Uh, so I'm going like, to say seventeen.
0: Well, okay.
3: I was going to say because I'm going to give you my number, the most oh. that I've wrote okay. so far before I got something accepted, and I think it was eight at this point.
0: So. Fifty-seven. <gasps> Fifty-seven offers made. Fifty-seven offers made before they got what they wanted.
3: Um,
0: and, and to be clear, they were not working with the Walgrave real estate team. Okay. okay. That makes and sense. And for the first part of that, they weren't working with a realtor at all. Oh. And they were they, they thought that they could navigate the market. And I think, I'm trying to remember, it was like 20-something of those offers, was they were unrepresented. And Wow. Uh yeah. So if you don't want to be in that kind of frustrating situation, uh I would highly suggest working with a very professional real estate team that has a strategy to win. Yes. Uh in these multiple offer scenarios.
3: And preferably Jessica. Right. If yeah, you're exactly. into that. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know your team, right, the Walgrave yeah. Real Estate Group, you guys have a, a printed list of 19 strategies I believe yes. on how to win in a multiple offer situation. So, lot of experience on the team with you, with Jason, Kelly, the other members there, um and these are the 19 things that you guys have done to set yourselves apart from other offers to win in those multiple offer situations. Yes,
3: and sometimes, you know, we we try to do three or four. Sometimes if we have to do all 19 of them, you know, it is what it is. We just have to make sure You know, we want to make sure our clients are represented as best as possible. Um, But, you know, obviously trying to get them the best deal that we can as well. Um, And sometimes that's just getting an offer accepted. That's it.
2: (laughs) Well, I was joking the other day to someone. um, I asked a question. I said, "What's, what's what's a bigger milestone in today's real estate market? Going to closing or getting your offer accepted. Oh, definitely getting your offer accepted. I mean, that's when you were doing the champagne bottle thing, and right when you get the offer accepted, the closing right now just seems to be like just that. Just happens at the end, you know. But now the big event is like getting an offer accepted.
3: To be honest, I get more excited about getting an offer accepted. Like I do a dance. Yeah, right. I I jog a little about it, you know, because the closing. You are like, well, we're here. We're we're happy to be here, obviously, but. You can't get to the closing if you don't get the offer accepted, right? So.
2: Yeah, so on the buy side, I think that's a bigger that's a bigger win in today's yes. world for sure. I definitely think that's the the case here. Which hopefully it's it's not that way, you know, for Forever. too much longer. Yeah, but you have to remember, you know, our level of inventory right now is about forty seven to forty eight hundred homes on the market. Um, back in the crash, we had forty five thousand. Wow. So. 10 times as many listings as we have now. And so a lot of people are like, wow, there's a bubble coming and there's going to be a market correction and things like that. If we literally doubled our inventory next year and got into the 9,000 range and then doubled 9,000 again and got into the 18,000 listing range, 18,000 is an equal number of buyers and sellers in the Twin Cities market. Yeah. Like, when are we, I mean, when are we going to hit 18,000 listings again? Oh. I don't know. (laughs) It's a great question, and I'm glad you asked. And speaking
0: of great questions, we've got one from Sarah. Perfect. Who texted a question on our text line, 763-443-5664. Sarah asks, "Does writing a letter to a buyer, I think think she means writing a letter as a buyer, but that's okay, uh, work anymore? And are people still waiving inspections? You know, is is it really important for the for the seller to know who you are and why you want the house in order to get your offer accepted in this market?
3: In my experience, I'll say um, so I don't want to speak for other people, but in my experience, not necessarily. It's not really um, what's getting our offers accepted. Uh, It's more of. I mean, if you want to compare it to waiving an inspection, that will always win at this yeah, right? point. <laughs> yeah. uh, then, you know, introducing yourself. That's always a good thing if you want to. Um, I haven't seen that it's a huge deal in with my clients. Um, but, yeah, waiving an inspection will always at least give us a second look, you yeah, know, from right. the sellers. So.
2: I would agree, I guess, in my experience too, writing a letter to the seller, saying, "Hey, we love our house and here's who we are, and we got this dog that loves your backyard right. you know, and the fence in the backyard and and putting all those into a letter to the seller um that's on the list, but I would agree with you it's it's not number one on the list or number five on the list that's down the list of ways as things to do to win in a multiple situation.
0: Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe my perspective on this is it's not so much about telling the seller who you are, it's telling the seller who you aren't, because I know that there are a lot of people in the market that they're happy to sell to anyone as long as they're going to live in the house. There are definitely some sellers that are like, I'm not interested in selling to an investment company Mm. or any of that kind of stuff. I want to sell it to a family. I want someone else to be happy or all that kind of stuff. I've heard that from quite a few people I've worked with. There could be some truth to that. So, I mean, like ultimately speaking, that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what the content of the letter that you send them is. Right? It's just, oh, did I get a letter? Great. They're real people as opposed to it's some investment company or
2: whatever. Yeah, I think I think I think the way the offer is written, to your point, Mm -hmm. you know, it's what is the seller looking for? Are they looking for a specific closing date? Are they looking for a specific price? Are they looking for flexibility in the closing date? Are they looking for this? Are they looking for that? Right. It's the details in the offer of, we're we're gonna mold our offer around what the seller is looking for, what we know what the seller is looking for up to this point, and then letting your offer do the talking on those types of things, like the no inspection if that comes up. You know, like a quick close date or a flexible or a close flexible date. One, right. Um, you know, I'm trying to think uh, anything else um, that comes up. I mean, you could do the like the escalation clause. Hey, we're gonna we'll give you a thousand over the next highest offer that comes in, up to a certain dollar amount will be our cap.
3: Or an appraisal gap or pra- appraisal all of guarantee, those yeah. things. Um, those obvious, at least in my experience, like I said, um, are a lot more
1: effective impactful? Yeah.
3: yeah impactful effective than than writing a letter um but i do i have heard that that you know people prefer obviously to sell to a family or someone that's actually going to live there than an investor that's going to flip it and try to sell it for as much as possible um which is a good idea if you can you know but yeah and
0: this is obviously a market where the seller has the luxury of being able to make that choice because right. they're going to get offers from a whole smorgasbord of people and what what are the elements of those different offers they are going to be able to go, well, these are the things that are really important to me, and these are the things that would be nice, but, you know, right. at the end of the day, do they really matter that much? Anyway, if you've got a question for us, 763-443-5664 is the text in line, or you can call us at 651-647-2910. We're giving away a $50 Amazon gift card this morning to the best
2: question of the show. So, Evan, so home price is going up, construction price is going up. Yes. Another question, too, that has come up is, how does this impact insurance?
0: Oh, I mean, it's going up. But it's not going up for exactly the same reasons. Con- construction costs, yes. Because ultimately, the insurance company does not care what your house is worth on the open market. We are not, as the, as the insurance company, we do not insure the land, the land is going to be there regardless. Your lot is not going to go away, but the house might. And so that's what the insurance company is concerned about. If, if uh, the tornado comes through and your house gets whisked away to the land Oz, and you come home and there's just nothing, how much does it cost to put a nearly identical home on that same piece of property? And so when construction costs rise and those sorts of inflationary pressures happen, coverage A is going to get more expensive. Coverage A is the cost to rebuild. Now, right now, we're in a market where those two numbers, the sale price and the construction price, are really close to each other, and that's historically kind of abnormal. Normally, it's, um, the, the cost to rebuild is actually significantly lower than the overall cost of the property because basically you have the, the house would cost $300,000 to build, and the lot is worth $100,000, so on the open market, it costs 400000 Right. Well, that's not how it really is right now. The lot is kind of priced out because of how quickly the the housing prices have increased, so what we're seeing is like the loan to value amounts on the actual house equation are very very close, you know like the the loan number from the bank and the and the costs to rebuild and all that stuff are kind of in confluence right now, and they'll probably diverge again in the future at some point but yeah, it, it's getting more expensive. And one thing that I will point out is whenever I'm looking at, like, I go on uh, Realtor.com or Zillow and they have their, like, automatic, like, payment calculator, mm-hmm. they very, very low ball insurance. Uh, and it's not because we're, you know, out to get every last dime from you. It's because the the system that they're using is both not updated and is recommending, like, the most basic bare bones insurance policy that, like, Yes, it satisfies the requirements of the bank. No, it does not provide adequate coverage for anything. Like it doesn't have water backup. It doesn't have roof replacement and stuff. Oftentimes, that insurance estimator on like Zillow is off by like fifty percent. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, and it's it's something that I've actually I've sent them an email about saying like, what are you doing here? Where are you getting these these prices? Because you know I'm an independent agent. I work with a load of companies. To get you the best rates and oftentimes the things that that they say insurance costs and in big quotation marks is just not accurate
3: did they actually respond to you did, did no of you, course uh, not i got, a, I got like well, the
0: automatic response thing and and thanks nothing.
2: for reaching out to
3: us Right, thank you for your yeah. comment
2: yeah. yeah, exactly so so evan i mean I, li- I like you right uh and you're my insurance agent that mm-hmm. i have but i don't i mean i'm not I'm not calling you once a year to go through my insurance policy for my house. So there's I mean, a...
0: I'm calling you once a year to go through <laughs> your insurance policy. That's but my
2: thing. True. So how about the how about the people that um you know they had probably haven't looked at their insurance for the last two three years, right? So you existing home we're living here. I haven't looked. I haven't. I haven't reached out to my insurance agent about my policy. They haven't reached out to me. They're sitting there. Like, what do those people need to do now? Because in my head, based on what you're telling me, if something, if a fire happens, right, yes. you know, lightning strikes and the house starts on fire and it burns down to the ground, some people may not be able to actually get their house rebuilt based on their current coverage. So
0: there's two pieces to this. Um, number one, most companies, most carriers will build in inflation into the policy when you write it, but they they don't peg it to actual inflation numbers. They just have a number that they use that represents inflation. Like, they just say, every year your policy is in force, we will increase the coverage on your house by 4% or something okay. along those lines. You know, okay. where where they just look at your local market and they say this is the historical trend, and they'll adjust that over time. But ultimately speaking, it's an automatic thing, not something that's actually, like, assessed by a person. So that's something that you're going to want to talk to your agent about um, or talk to me about if you want to switch to us, Paragon Insurance Group, ParagonGOC.com. Uh, but there's the other piece to it, too. Many policies, and this is what I mean when talking about, like, policies with real coverage versus just kind of the super basic thing. Many policies will actually, they'll say, your house, based on our estimate, will cost $323,000.98 to replace. Exactly, you know, brick for brick, log for log. But we will insure it for an additional X percentage amount, 25, 50%, because they know that, historically speaking, If your house burns down, um, that's just your house. But if there's a big storm, like a tornado comes through and knocks down a whole bunch of houses, all of a sudden labor rates go through the roof and local Mm, lumber prices go up. So they build in a little bit of extra cost protection. And that also does guard against inflation to some degree. But if you have a long-term trend that is diverging from the policy, you could be vastly underinsured. Uh, you know, particularly those policies that have been enforced for, you know, eight, ten years, where it's like, yeah, when we bought it, its valuation was like it would cost two hundred thousand to replace. And now it would cost four hundred fifty thousand to replace. It. Right. And you're just like nowhere near that twenty five percent, you're way past that. And yes, you could be woefully underinsured. And when you when when you run into a catastrophic claim scenario, you might be looking at, well, we only have three hundred twenty thousand dollars to rebuild this four hundred fifty thousand dollar house. So we either have to shell out a, a hundred grand out of pocket to put the exact same thing back on the lot, or we just settle for a, a house that isn't two stories. We build a one story instead.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. A lot of moving parts there. Yeah. yeah. So you're I mean what it suggests so suggestion wise to our listeners, um, insurance wise, try to reach out to your insurance agent once a year. Just make sure your policy is up to speed.
0: I think I think for coverage A um, really probably every 2 years is fine truthfully. I like saying every year. I like checking in with people at least once a year on this stuff cuz when you tell someone once a year it'll actually happen every other year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes I mean sense. <laughs> that's that's the truth of the matter is you know it's 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 a small thing in the in the grand scheme of things the reasons that you want to be checking in with your insurance agent this is like the smaller one. The bigger one is we did something to the house. You know, like we we built an expansion or we redid the kitchen or whatever. Those things are gonna immediately impact your value in a big way. Um, but also things like, oh, we had a kid, we should be talking about life insurance. Oh yeah, um we we, we have a classic car in the garage that's like in parts, and what's the best way to coverage cover those things? Because car parts aren't covered under your home insurance, and they aren't covered under most auto policies, so you might want to talk to your insurance agent if you're a guy that's like restoring a classic car like me or anything like that. It it benefits the customer to just check in with their insurance guy and just kind of literally just talk about things that have happened over the last year, and your your insurance person
2: will be like, yeah, okay, and here's what we've seen in the local market. We should... Light bulbs start going off. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Oh, you mentioned this. Boom. You know... It's probably I'm sure it's first questions of okay, so you did that, so how about these other things over here? Just to make sure that you got the proper coverage on everything.
0: Yeah, and, and this advice. is
2: this is why it's important to have an insurance agent you like to talk to. Ultimately
0: speaking, you should just have an enjoyable conversation with your insurance agent for like fifteen to thirty minutes every year and just kind of catch up. And your if your insurance agent is good at what they do, they will get the information that they need in order to, you know, recommend some changes and stuff. Or not. They might just say, sounds like everything's good in place. Coverage A still looks good.
2: Good tips. Yeah. I like it. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're here every Saturday, 7 to 8 a.m. on Minnesota Home Talk here. Stay tuned for Todd Rooker's show next. If you think we're uh, enlightening and very smart people, <laughs> wait till you listen to Todd's show after us. The guy is amazing. Everything financial there. So it's called Cover Your Assets. So stay tuned for Todd's Rooker show next here. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to us this morning. We'll be back next week. Have a great weekend.
0: Told you, has been a paid program the views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of score north kstp am 1500 score north on am 1500 kstp
1: st paul minneapolis 94.5 kstp fm st paul hd2 and on to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health